1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On this episode, we're going to hit you all with some news and some notes around the NWSL. We're going to get you a midweek game preview, and we're introducing, finally, our mailbag segment. We're going to be answering your questions from our Apple Podcast Five Star Review. But first, a quick reminder that you can watch NWSL full game extended highlights at youtube.com slash attacking third. So subscribe to our YouTube page so that you don't miss a thing. And you can also follow us on Twitter at attacking third. We're going to get into things. But first, a quick plug, right, Lisa? Oh
0: yeah, the 2021 Fantasy Football Today Draftathon thon supporting St. Jude is on Wednesday, September 1st. Just as fantasy draft season is getting underway, tune in to the six-hour stream for nonstop fantasy advice. Starts at 6 o'clock Eastern and will go until what? midnight on wednesday the fft experts will be joined by 30 industry friends to get you all prepared for your fantasy drafts while raising money for saint jude you can watch the entire stream on the fantasy football today youtube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy football today sandra do you play fantasy football
1: not for the nfl but I love <laughs> I love fantasy like a Premier League is always very fun for me. And uh, we have a pretty fun question that we'll get to eventually about about this on the women's side of the game. But the component that I love the most about this plug is the fantasy football for charity. That's my favorite. Part yes. So, yes. Anytime there's an opportunity, going... anytime there's an opportunity to, to do good stuff like that, I'm, I'm all about it.
0: Yeah. Fantasy football. Um, I play. I'm pretty good, I must say. I win. I actually play in a league with Marquette soccer friends that I, I played with in college. So we have a league, and I will be jumping over to the football side of things on the CBS Sports front on Wednesday evening to help contribute to this fantasy football today live draft. I love extravaganza. That. So I'm on. I'm on all sides of it, which is really fun. I, I love
1: it. I like to be involved. I I hope you win. So have you won the? Have you ever yeah, won but, the one with your Marquette friends? I have, but we just bet like ten dollars. It's okay. nothing
0: crazy. <laughs> we really so- just do it for fun to come up with really cool names for our teams, and <laughs> it's a great way for us to stay chatting throughout the fall.
1: I. I think so much more important, like more than the $10 buy-in is like the bragging rights though that come oh, with that. True. Like that's really what it's about.
0: I will it's- say I have forgotten many, many a Thursday afternoon to change my lineup and I have people that are out, <laughs> <or> not playing <laughs> or their teams have a bye week and then I just lose all their points. So I have fallen victim to that as well just because I get caught up with like life soccer, other things. So it's not Uh, top of my top of my mind every week. But yeah, the bragging rights are 100% worth it.
1: Getting caught up with life in soccer is going to be the name of our mutual memoir, Lisa, because we've got, we've got midweek NWSL action this week. So we have to hit up our listeners with a preview. We have to keep them informed, let them know what's up. It's going to be Houston versus O.L. Rain uh, taking place this week. And both of these teams coming off of a win. We got Houston keeping an eye on the standings because they're sitting on the outside looking in, right? Right. coming off of a very important win of their own in their previous week going up against Ola Rain who again coming off of some impressive play uh, coming off of a big win against their rivals Portland Thorns FC 2-1 to one. and Houston is hosting this one and they have had some very interesting games in the past against the Rain Lisa but they have had trouble with this team historically in the past. Remind us.
0: Remind us what has happened, Sandra. Remind all of the listeners.
1: They don't win usually. <laughs> that's that's the reminder. I mean, and they they have a particular struggle on the road uh, against them if they're the Dash. But I don't know. This one's going to be at home. Is is uh, look. My thing is this is the question that I'm posing to us right now in this preview segment. Is this the game where Houston Dash? kind of wreck all this momentum for all rain right now, because I feel like the rain are in the beginning stages. And it's so crazy to to phrase it like this because we're in the final stretch of the regular season, but it feels like they're in these very early stages of like a strong playoff push. And every once in a while that gets wrecked in this league, And every once in a while that happens from a team that you least expect it to happen. We saw Kansas city, you know, get their first win against the whole rain. We saw um, that, you know, we saw that te- same team go on to get like a second win at home. And now we've got, we've got this opportunity in, in front of us. So I'm a little curious to how this one's going to play out. Lisa, what are you going to be looking at for these two teams?
0: I agree. And and when we take that trip down memory lane, 2-0 was the first loss that, or excuse me, first win Houston got um, over O.L. Reign back in early July. And then they lost to O.L. Reign 5-1 in the first week of August. So like you said, this is the point in the season where truly anything can happen. And both these teams, Houston and O.L. Reign, coming off big wins. Houston got the win over Louisville on Sunday and Ol rain, the huge Cascadia rivalry win over Portland. So I don't know, are they still celebrating from that win? Cause there was a lot of celebrations happening. Um, this game Honestly, this was a hard one for me to predict and for me to talk about, because like you mentioned, OL rain is a really good team. We just saw them beat Portland. We saw them come together and play as an entire unit, 11 players that were combining on the field. We talked about the attack that OL rain has, and they have so much power and so much threat in their attacking end. But Houston also, they have big forces and big, players with them, with Rachel Daly in the attacking lineup and, and Shea Groom, perhaps Abby Kemper stepping into the back line for the dash. We don't know as of this point, um, but I imagine she'll be available and be ready to go. She was available last Sunday, but she was there at the game and now she's had a few days of training underneath of her. With the new team, I could see her slotting in there, which then opens a whole new can of worms. Is Katie Naughton and Megan Oyster? What's going to happen in the center back position? Will James Clarkson and the Dash go to a three back? I don't think they will up against an OL Rain team. Um, I I imagine that they'll stick with their current formation and, and what's been working for them, especially what worked for them last weekend. But this matchup, this is where the standings could shake out because it, because that's just how it goes at this point in the season. OL Rain number three right now in the standings and Houston Dash number eight with 21 yeah. points. Only three points behind OL Rain. That's how yeah. close this is all shaking out. I, I think I have to go with OL Rain, though, just with I, how much power they have. I think it'll be tight, though. I do. Yeah.
1: I, I feel you on that one. I, I am also going to go with All rain but I, I want to stick with Houston here for for a second, and and by extension, talk a little bit more about some of the tactics with with All I mean, having Laura Harvey come back in to the mix here with this team has obviously done something for them moving it's forward. Done everything for them. We, we saw we saw it start. You know, with with at the time interim head coach, the the longtime assistant for all and Sam lady, but having the return of Laura Harvey and watching the return of their Olympians come on back into the fold with this and seeing the tactics fold out and how this team is playing together right now, it's dangerous in the, in the best of ways, in the best of ways. Like you look at all on your calendar and you're kind of like, okay, how are we going to take on this team. And I'm looking at Houston and I'm wondering if this match is going to get dictated in the midfield and it's, it's, it's kind of, it's going to be tight. I do think this one actually might be a little bit closer, a little bit more, more narrow, whoever on the dash side is tasked with, with isolating somebody like Rose Lavelle. Like that's, what's going to have to happen for me. (laughs) I think if, if like, if, if I'm not James Clarkson, and I'm not the dash, but if we're looking at OL Rain and what they've been doing over just even the last course of their last two weeks, not even going back farther than that, even just over their, their last two weeks and the games that Roosevelt has put together for this team, they whoever is tasked with that is gonna have a very long 90 <laughs> minutes in front of them because Roosevelt has been covering all kinds of ground, all kinds of pit, creating all kinds of chances um for OL for Rain. I am also a little curious to see if if Megan Rapino is going to continue this really wild streak that she's that she's been on. Um, it's like can a player have those type of like lights out performances weekend? And we week got like I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll we'll see. But um, we're how gonna how long see, can she see. sustain
0: that energy and that yeah. effectiveness on the field before? it it becomes just a rhythm and she falls back into a a cadence with Mm -hmm. the team where she's not leaps and
1: bounds ahead of everyone scoring. Absolutely. And it's just, it's so, it's so wild to think about where I'm just like, Oh, well, maybe they can like get someone to isolate Lavelle. But then it's like, wait a minute. It's like, you still got like Jess Fishlock. Like you've still got Jennifer Morrison. it's it's, it's going to be a tall, tall task, but Houston strikes me as the kind of team uh, that's sort of, really wakes up for these types of games you know they kind of have this this kind of like weird like chip on your shoulder kind of like embedded within their culture where it's just kind of like hey everyone has doubted us they've always doubted us you know it was something that we still hear coming out from from the team even after they won the the 2020 challenge cup you know, they either like, no, we're gonna carry this. Like this is still part of it. So we still hear that from, you know, their their team captain and somebody like Rachel Daly or somebody like a Shea Groom. It's just like they still kind of carry that. So they're looking at this kind of match, I think, you know, maybe they do kind of still have that that sort of underdog mentality, even though they are the home side in this one and they are hosting. Uh, there's probably, you know, going off of the fact that People are probably going to be choosing against them. We're already saying that we think the rain might take this one, right? Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's a a close match uh, because of that. But, you know, hot, humid, muggy place to play in Houston. We'll see if that comes into to their favor and to into plays into their advantage. Um, but it's going to be a real, real exciting one for midweek action. I hope people tune in uh, to watch.
0: Sandra, do you have a scoreline for this prediction? Even though we both said, oh, all rain. I, I agree. I think it'll be really tight. And and looking at the Houston defense and how they have to play against Rapino, Fishlock, Rose yeah. Lavelle, um, do you have a score line?
1: Yeah, I think it might be one zero in this one. Okay. Yeah, I think I, it know, might be, be really I think tight. I think Jane I think Jane Campbell is a really good goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. And I think um, they if Houston's been doing any scouting, they have seen that. This OL Rain team has been, you know, credited with a couple penalties already, a few. And uh if you're gonna have somebody put in that situation to try to stop a penalty, you want it to be Jane Campbell. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. We will see I what happens.
0: The, I agree with the one nil. I'm I like don't want to go back on myself. I feel like I know be a tie, but then can, I think OL Rain will get one. I think they'll get one.
1: I don't know. I'm wondering if this will be a game where it's like I'm wondering if this will be a game where it's like there's either going to be a goal really early or there's going to be a goal really really late. I think it could go either way. We'll see. But that's the only match that we have to preview for for this week in the midweek action. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to hydrate because we always have to check in with each other and hydrate. And we will be back with the news and notes segment of this and our mailbag segment. So cheers, Lisa.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Breaking news, Lisa. How convenient that like we got on this call, we scheduled this, we said, hey, we're going to record this segment for everyone, and then we got some NWSL news down the pipeline uh, to talk about. So fun to follow up. Previous episodes where we filled everyone in uh, with Gotham FC, the departure of Freya Coombe as she was announced as the Angel City FC head coach. that spun off a number of things. Uh, Gotham went ahead and said, hey, we're gonna work with Freya Coom and we are going to start a interim head coaching uh, search. Her final game with us will be against Orlando Pride. And that has all concluded. And as of this moment, they announced finally a head coach and an assistant coach moving forward. So for Gotham FC, they named Scott Parkinson's the new head coach who's on contract through 2022 NWSL season and former first assistant uh, with Utah and Chicago Red Stars. So they did a little, you know, in-league poaching of of their own. So shout out to them for, for doing their due diligence. And for assistant coach, uh, they named Beverly Gobel Yanez as assistant coach for the remainder of 2021 with an option for 2022. And for people who are familiar with the name, it's because she was a six year uh, career NWSL player and she's been a coach uh, since 2020. So I got to say, Lisa, you know, when we were talking about all of this news initially, kind of in an Angel City FC lens, right? That this next phase eventually there was going to be an announcement and we would have to update it and, and fill in our listeners. And we kind of brought up the fact that you know, Yale Averbush West got placed into this position as general manager and she's going to have to get the ball rolling really, really quickly here. And it just, I gotta say, just this one feels like a home run. I've seen a lot of positive reaction to this hire. And I got to agree with it, Uh, local to Chicago, so have been able to cover Scott Parkinson pretty closely over the last couple of seasons with the Red Stars, have only heard really good things about this this coach uh, out of the locker room. So I would imagine that Gotham is going to be just fine moving forward, Lisa. What were your impressions of this news as it broke? I
0: loved this hire. I really did. Scott Parkinson, like we mentioned, been with the NWSL. Um, He's been in the United States coaching for about 12 years and in the NWSL coaching since 2017. So he already knows the league. He already knows the players in the league. And now going to a team like Gotham FC, who is a about to, like every other team in this league, go through three drafts, two expansion expansion drafts with Angel City FC and San Diego, and then the 2022 draft. So he already has a leg up on a coach that would come in from an outside of the league because he knows the league. He knows the competition. He knows the players. Um, And he's been a first assistant coach with Utah, like you mentioned, and with Chicago. So he's had right-hand seats next to great coaches in this league and going through a challenge cup, going through a pandemic. He's been through a lot of things in this league and he's seen a lot of change and a lot of turnover. I think this is the right next step, not only for him, but especially for Gotham, a team that had an entire rebrand this year. They've gone through a little bit of turmoil uh, with the news of head coach Freya Coombe going to angel city. And then why is she still here? This is really awkward. Let's get her out. And now that Parkinson is, is stepping in there. um, This is exciting and this is really good. And then to be paired with Bev yanez as an assistant coach, is huge. She's a former player in the league. And she retired, I think, in 2020, and she's been a youth coach um, in California. Now, stepping back into the NWSL on the other side of the sideline, this is huge. So, Parkinson knows the league from the coaching perspective. And Bev knows the league from a player's perspective because she played for so long. So she has that insight to look at players, especially throughout these drafts that are coming up, the two expansion drafts, and then the regular draft for the NWSL. She has so much insight there. Um, this is this is really huge. I think the pair of them will make a really good duo at Gotham. And I mean, Sandra, you know Scott more than anyone, uh, more than me at least, because he was with Chicago.
1: Yeah, you know what? I remember when they made the announcement in Chicago for the arrival of Scott as, as the first assistant head coach, it just kind of having a similar reaction to to this news with Gotham where just like, "Oh, that's a, that's a great hire." <laughs> like it just cuz just everything that you sort of hear on the ground through the pipeline uh, around this particular coach at the time was nothing but positive things um and when your when your sources let's say are are the players themselves kind of going on record quite frankly you can people can look this up themselves but um talking about this particular coach and you know his ability to really kind of connect with players and honestly praising his like tactical prowess as well um just looking at this recent season one of the more impressive wins for Chicago was that first win against North Carolina Courage that they got this year. And it was a narrow 1-0 win against the Paul Riley side that still at the time was still featuring that, that famed box midfield. And it was just a narrow one, one zero win, but what was so impressive about it was just sort of the game plan and how that was executed by the players on the pitch. And a lot of that was credited at the time to, to Scott Parkinson, because I believe at the time Rory Dames was, was out during that week. So all of the preparation leading up to that particular match was, was via coach coach Scott so we heard a lot about that uh Rory dames went on on record with that in in post game comments saying that like this is this is Scott this is uh you know Julian stitch at the time uh, as they were the assistant coaches that were tasked with with prepping the players for for what they considered a pretty a big game against a big team. And um, it was a lot of the narrative coming out of that game was how a lot of pundits were looking at it and fans as well saying like, wow, like this was a great game from Chicago. Look at how they limited um, they limited the North Carolina courage to one shot, you know, on goal. It was like, not heard of before for this team at the time with uh, the courage side. And uh, people were just very impressed with the midfield play and how they were sort of counteracting that box midfield. And so it's not just that you're hearing things about this particular coach in that, like, Oh, like that's a good guy. And like he, players connect with him. And not only that, they want to play for this coach. Uh And those are all great things. You, of course, you want to have that in a head coach as they enter a season midseason, not even just midseason, but like really final stretch of the season as a team is making a playoff push of their own and kind of coming into a, a unusual circumstance, right? Where all of a sudden the coach had to leave because they got an opportunity. So there's a lot of unusual circumstances happening here. So you want, of course you want to have a coach that's going to come in and be able to try to connect the players right away. You want to have like a good coach with a good personality, but you also want a coach who can coach. <laughs> like, let's just be real. Like you want a coach who can coach and like, game plan iron out the tactics for the team and a coach like scott parkinson checks off all those boxes uh for for gotham and um you
0: you especially need a coach that can coach because he's stepping into gotham in the tail end of this nwsl season eight matches left for gotham on and now under scott parkinson so he needs to be able to walk right into that training facility and and start coaching right away. He doesn't have a lot of leeway to make changes, get to know the players on a personal level. Like that will come with time and that will come in training. And because we've heard such great feedback from players about how good of a person he is and how well he connects with them, that that'll happen automatically. He needs to focus on wins, getting three points weekend and week out because eight games left in the season. It's yeah. not a lot of time
1: yeah we'll see we'll see how that uh rolls out i think if, if gotham still stays relevant in this playoff picture it's gonna the the coaching decision is going to be praised even more. Um, So we'll be keeping an eye on this for sure. Moving forward, uh, a little bit of a clarification too, in a recent announcement with Abby Dahlkemper and her return to the league, uh, the news was initially announced as a trade. So some reporting uh, via the athletic Steph Yang in which she asked Houston head coach to clarify, this is now being viewed as a loan, And not a trade, that Doll Kemper's rights will actually, in fact, go back to the courage at the end of this season. So some interesting uh, developments there. I mean, we were looking at this like, oh, wow, like this is going to be a trade for Houston. But there was that little verbiage within the release. Right, Lisa, where we were like, hmm, hold on a second. What does that mean exactly?
0: All I have to say is, Sandra, thank goodness we do this a few times a week because this is the only way we stay on top of the news News. and the updates, (laughs) the clarifications from the news that we've once covered. Yeah, there was – when this initial report came out, there was um, talks of other developments and tactical performance enhancements that were being changed, and now it's going from a trade to a loan, so – Dal Kemper will be back. Her rights will be back with North Carolina at the end of this season. TBD, what else happens? Don't worry. We'll be here to cover it all for you. As soon as more updates come out, we'll fill you in as as they come because we're learning as much as you guys are and we're here to spread the word to you.
1: It's a good thing that Attacking Third is on three times a week. So we'll be around to get updates. We didn't
0: plan that, but we're so happy we did it for all of the news that's constantly changing.
1: Clutch. <laughs> we're coming through for everyone else and quite frankly ourselves. It's it was the right choice. It was the right move uh for us to do that. But it's so it's just it's so funny to sort of have to talk about these updates and we're like, Yeah, yeah, while at the same time this this player has not played a, a minute yet for 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 this team. So I think a lot of people will probably be keeping an eye on the the game happening on Wednesday, even more so in light of this news uh, update kind of coming out. But I'm really excited to move on to this next segment, Lisa. That's enough of news and notes for the league. I'm ready to get into our mailbag segment, finally. Folks, uh, we've been waiting to do this for a little while. We've got three questions that we'll be going over in this segment. In case this is your first time listening to us, we have been asking you all to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review with a question. Because if you leave us a five-star review with a question, we'll we'll take a look at it and perhaps answer it on our mailbag segment of Attacking Third. So this is our first ever mailbag segment. So we're going to have more coming uh, down the pipeline. And we'll take a look at some other questions. Because again, thank you all so much for being so engaging. A lot of you all actually went ahead and left us a lot of great questions. So we're selecting a few of them now, and then we'll answer a few more later on down the line. So if you don't hear yours answered on this first segment, don't worry, it's going to get answered Somewhere along the line, I promise you. Okay, so let's take a look at these. So we got some fun ones. We're doing one uh, that is revolved around Leon and Barca, it's from Huchola. So I'm just going to, like, emphasize that. Uh, H-U-T-C-H-O-L-A. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but when my eyes saw that, that's how I said it. I'm like, it looks like Uchola. That's how I want to say it. Um, but here's the question. It says, hey, guys, love the show and thanks for doing it so well. I saw a great match between Lyon and Barca and it was tremendous, filled with dynam- uh, dynamicism and quality. Easily better than Olympic and NWSO <laughs> matches this year. Why so much better better passing dribbling play and shots throughout so um I love that the actual question within this is why so much better. I love it. It's just like, why, why is it so much better? Uh, But I wanted us to take a look at this question uh, primarily because we're, we're coming off of that WICC tournament, Lisa. So it's still kind of fresh in our minds and clearly it's still fresh in a lot of our our listeners uh, perception as well. But that was something that we heard coming out of this WICC tournament where in the lead up to this, when we were previewing this this tournament, when we were talking to players uh, on the European side of the ball, coming into the States, we talked a lot about that. How this was maybe perhaps going to be an opportunity um, for some audiences as well, that they were going to get a chance to see some some soccer that maybe they were not used to seeing. Um, having access to only, you know, really American soccer uh, here in the States, you know, so that that includes, you know, whatever, you know, perhaps some of the Olympic matches like our like our questionnaire asked us here or, or, or the NWSL games that are currently going on in the regular season. So in terms of why so much better, I think that's it's it's an open ended question, right? It's kind of like, well, we can maybe start a lot of things, but I think a lot of it comes down to um, footballing culture. Um, It's just kind of like maybe the easiest way to kick off the answer portion of this. Um, We see a a lot of certain type of soccer happening in NWSL, a lot of certain type of soccer happening on the American women's side of the game. Um, There's a lot of emphasis on fitness. There's a lot of emphasis on athleticism and physicality and you We know that to be true for a number of reasons because, A, we watch it and we analyze it and we critique it with our own eyes. But also, B, you hear from the European players when you ask them about their perceptions of the league. You can go back and listen to some of our interviews, if you like, with some of our European guests um, who emphasize as much. Uh, They said, yeah, it's different. It's very quick league. It's different speed. It's physical. And they they utilize a lot, a lot of the same you know adjectives and every every other type of verbiage to, to kind of echo those similar sentiments. So I think a, a huge part of it is is just the difference in footballing cultures. So when you look on the other side of that, if you're talking about the European side of the game. You kind of almost answered the the question a little bit yourself with the the passing, the dribbling and the plays and stuff like that. There's an emphasis on that kind of stuff. Um, One of the things that was very, very impressive, I think, for me, Lisa, during some of these matches with Lyon and Barcelona. Was watching these players and their first touch. It was lovely, delightful. Like butter. Yeah, completely. I, I couldn't believe it. That's how much like butter it was. I was like, what? It was just uh it is. It just it just was something I was like, wow. I was like, you know what we don't actually see a lot of in the women's side of the game and this and the state side of thing, our first touches like that. And we just and we just don't. We just don't. That's not a criticism, that's just us stating a fact, and we don't see that very often. There are very few players. Who have it and are able to do it. And that is, I think for that reason, when we see it happening from somebody, whether it's somebody like a, I don't know, like a Tobin Heath or somebody like a Chris Impress, like I'm just naming like a, the few players that you can think of very quickly, right? Who might have like a really good first touch. That's why it's always so impressive. <laughs> Whenever we say we're like, oh, wow, like did you see that? Because it happens so infrequently, <laughs>
0: Yeah. I think that goes back to the cultural aspect of this question. Like you touched on Sandra, the the first touch and the fundamentals of the game. And even like soccer is growing in America. It is growing and that's amazing. But there is an aspect of the game of football in, on the European side of things that you just play it as a child. It's, it's a little different here in the States. Um, it's not as born into our blood, I would say, growing up. So it's not very common that you have really young kids playing pickup in the park where that's happening all over Europe. And I, I think it also goes down to when you talk about the first touch of these European players and these European teams, it's because they, the European side of the game is much more
1: technical
0: and much more close-passing abilities, finding those little triangles on the field and doing one-two-touch passes. That way, your first touch needs to be perfect because if it's off your foot, you don't have time to collect it and dribble. You're passing it like a little pinball around the field. And that's what happens in you watch in and Barcelona. And I encourage everyone to watch the women's side of the game in Europe right now. It's happening. The season has started. Watch those along with the NWSL. And you can really see the difference. And in, on the American side of soccer and, and football, it is fast, conditioning, transition down the field, keeping the ball narrow down the middle of the park, playing long balls over the top. It, it's quick, and it's transition, which is very different than the European style, where they want to pass, have seven, 800 passes a game of, of just double passes. Meaning I pass it to you, you pass it right back to me, and I pass it to you. Almost two players just playing keep away. Even though there's no defenders on them, they will keep the ball moving. Whereas in the NWSL, you'll see a center back just hold the ball or dribble up the field a little bit to, to close down some of that space. That doesn't typically happen on the European side of things. They will just be passing the ball instead of dribbling with it at their feet as much. That's one of the biggest changes. But I think it all comes back to culturally, yeah. like we talked about, um, and, and that side of the thing. And keep watching every league of yeah. women's soccer because it's all so different and it's so fun, and then you can learn about new players. So when they get transferred over to the NWSL, you already know about them. I highly encourage it.
1: Yeah, no, same. It just, it just really does kind of boil boil down to that. Maybe, it, maybe that's also us simplifying it, um, but it is for me the biggest thing. You look at you look at the sports landscape right in the United States, and you kind of see how saturated it is. Uh, but when you get take deeper dives into things Uh, people will refer to maybe something like American football is kind of like the the pastime or baseball is like the pastime mm-hmm. right of, of the United States but when you look at Europe soccer football as they <laughs> call it is that's God that is okay. that is top that's top level that is the sport that's not to say that other sports don't exist and they don't play that but that is the one whereas like you look at the states and maybe that's not necessarily the same the same case or same scenario so in terms I of mean, like, even like
0: for for myself Sandra as a child growing up I played everything yeah. I did soccer and basketball lacrosse track and field yeah. I was tennis I did it all yeah. I didn't just focus on soccer until I was in high school and even then in high school I played three sports throughout my yep. years in high school I didn't focus on soccer then yeah very and that's so
1: important that you bring that up, like as a former player, because it's a we hear that a lot from from former players. And it's like eventually they get to a point in their careers where they're like, okay, I'm centering in on one mm-hmm. sport. And it ended up being that sport was soccer. But so many of them are involved in so many things growing up. Um, yeah, no, that's another, that's another Big one for sure. Uh, but I loved watching WICC. I love that we were able to talk to so many players around and during the women's cup um, on the PSG side of the ball and the Bayern Munich side of the ball. It was like really delightful to sort of get the perspectives on that as well. Um, so I would encourage, I would encourage our listeners if they want a deeper dive of answers of that to, to take a look and listen back to some of those interviews and some of those player segments that we did because we, we asked the players about that specifically, and they also shared their opinions about it as well. So take a look at that if you get a chance. Uh, we have a second question that we're going to take. It's from a whoops fan, W-H-O-O-P-S-F-A-N. I'm going to say whoops, even though you maybe you mean it as hoops. But uh, they said, thanks for the great NWSL news. I know how often this podcast comes out. That must be a lot of work. Thanks for the love. We appreciate it. Their question is, do you know if Lindsey Horan is still going to Lyon next year? So I think the best way to answer answer this is to take a step back for like a, a second, maybe Lisa, for so to just sort of maybe fill listeners in if if they weren't aware or weren't too sure. Uh, you know, right during the offseason for, for Portland, it was, it was pretty active and, and pretty busy. They made a huge trade for somebody like Crystal Dunn to come into the fold for their team. And within that, they, there's also the announcements of, you know, contracts or extensions or, or renegotiations and stuff like that. And one of the, the things that came out of the offseason was that, you know, Crystal Dunn got a direct contract, you know, through, through Portland, and so did Lindsey Horan. And the contracts were for X amount of time. Uh, Because there was uh, something in place for Haran to eventually make her departure to Lyon. So as far as news in terms of like still going the way I think, Lisa, I I don't want to speak for both of us, but I think the perception for us on our end is that unless there is news that that is not happening, then it's happening.
0: I would agree. As of now, it's happening. When (laughs) things change, we'll We'll let you guys know. (laughs) But I, I think in this league you you have to assume that things are sticking with their former announcement until something else comes out and changes that announcement. Um I don't know. I don't know what'll happen here, but I, I assume she's going to Leon.
1: Yeah. And maybe we can like bridge like maybe bridge these two these two questions a little bit together and like kind of have like a sub question within all that. Cause I like to do that for us sometimes. But all the 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 chatter about like you know, American women's domestic football versus like European women's domestic football, like how that looks and like the differences within that. I'm loving the crossover. Like anytime there's opportunity for American players to head over to Europe and get playing time over there or vice versa, any European players who decide to make the leap and jump to NWSL, I'm always like, that's a gamer. That's a gamer. That's a commitment because that's a huge like it's tough. It's tough to go to a place that you don't have a lot of familiarity with and kind of submerse yourself in what's a new or at least new to you type of soccer culture. And so, you know, somebody like Lindsay Horan, you know, got her start playing professionally over in France in PSG. So it's not going to be super unfamiliar to her, but she's definitely. Not the same player who she was when she was in PSG. We're talking about a player that's already continued her development post exit from Paris Saint Germain when she was very young. Came to NWSL, has won an MVP, has won NWSL championships, went on to win World Cup right recently. Participated in the Olympics, came out a bronze medal winner. So, in a different phase of her career, quite frankly. So, I'm I'm curious to see how that'll look uh, in the future with this particular player going back to france really so we'll see how that that pans out so i'm, I'm with lisa in that if there's a, an additional update on that we'll keep everyone filled in and we're going to take one final question we chose three uh for this mailback segment segment this one is from uh, samus 814 they said premier league fantasy has me wondering when will nwsl have a fantasy league 2022 I don't know. It's so funny because, you know, Lisa, we started the top of this podcast with a fantasy football plug. And I love that we're essentially going to close it out with an NWSL fantasy league plug. I, I don't know. I think there's a lot. I think it would be easy for maybe like if folks want to start doing their own, their own like type of like NWSL fantasy amongst like friends, you know. But in terms of there being like a high level market, a fantasy league, I don't know. Like who's going to be the one. To bring that forward and make that happen. I do know in the past there have been like attempts to to make that happen. And people have participated in the past with um, like certain outlets or, or websites that was that was dedicated to an NWSL fantasy league. But, you know, those things are tough to keep up, you know, running sites and things like that takes a lot of manpower, like a lot of willpower, a lot of labor, uh, and finances are involved, I'm sure. So it's tough to kind of keep that stuff going. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't like to see it.
0: I wouldn't put it past an NWSL fan to start this. The way that the fan culture is in this league is tremendous. There's so much support and there is such a community. I'm sure there is a Reddit thread out there. Already talking about this, ready to get the league going. And Sandra, I honestly could see not a media conglomerate starting this uh, from the top down, but a fan sitting at home being like, hey, I want to do this. I'm just going to start it and put it out there. Thank goodness for social media. It brings us all together from around the world. They start this league. Things get rolling. I mean, I would join. Maybe not this year, but I would join for sure. Invite us. If, if you something start a league out there, invite us something we'll be there.
1: Rolled, if something gets rolled out for 2022, like I think you and I should oh. like participate for sure. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to, again. This is one of those things that we we'll have to wait and see, kind of thing. And if, if it happens, I like, will definitely announce it for sure. Sandra, if
0: there's a competition involved, I'm in, and I'm gonna try to beat you.
1: I just want to have a good name. I just that's that's <laughs> like you said, like that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's I gotta just, be
0: clever. It's yeah. gotta incorporate different teams or different mindset of the league that you're trying to
1: encompass. Yeah. Yep. One one time when I participated in like a like a Premier League like fantasy football, I think I chose like glitter shampoo FC. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that. It was good. I did all right. I did all right. You better so, trademark that copyright <laughs> i'm doing it now right here on attacking third <laughs> putting it on record right now <laughs> folks uh, this is, concludes our our mailbag segment i i love the questions i hope you'll continue to to ask us some. i just want to give you a reminder that the way to do that is to leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts with a question so that we could take a look at it and um Include it in a future mailbag segment. I'm going to miss everyone. Lisa, I'm going to just really quickly say that I'm going to take some long overdue time off. I've been working with the with all this stuff for for a while and i just it hit me one day where i said wow i haven't had some time off in like two years and i should maybe try to do that for myself so that's gonna happen but i will be back i'm not gonna be leaving everyone for long but we've got some fun stuff in the works for you lisa is gonna hold it down as always uh running i'll be here I'm going to miss you guys, too. We've got uh, some special things in the works. So so check back in with the episodes. I want to thank you all for listening. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast show. Again, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts with a question and we'll answer it. We're also available as videos, So subscribe to us on YouTube for episodes and extended NWSL highlights. Visit youtubecom slash Attack Third. And we will be back Friday with midweek NWSL recap and a weekend preview of the matches with guest Glory Lindsay. We know how much you enjoy the feedback from her, so she will be the special guest that we've got coming on in place of my absence. I'm going to be sad without you guys, but I'll be back. For Sandra and Lisa Roman, this was a second.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...